and welcome to the Women's Soccer Coaching Podcast with me, Steph Fairbairn. This is where we take a deep dive into the challenges and opportunities faced by those who coach in the women's game. I'll introduce our special guest in just a moment. This podcast accompanies the April issue of Women's Soccer Coaching Magazine, which is available to subscribers right now. As well as the usual session plans and practices to inspire you, Lisa Cole, head coach of Fiji Women's National Team and United Soccer Coaches Director of Goalkeeping, offers her top tips on warming your goalkeeper up for a match. Kat Nichols, recently named the inaugural head coach of FC Birmingham, gives advice on building a rapport with your players. Dave Francis, assistant coach for Forest Green Rovers Women and director of girls football at Quedgley Wanderers, shares his thoughts on creating an environment for female players. And Wayne Cleverly, director of coaching at North Shore Girls Soccer Club, offers insight into their program to develop young female coaches. Head coach of the University of Portsmouth Women and Portsmouth Academy coach Alex Burt talks about improving your players' decision-making in transition. Our podcast guest, Stephanie Savino, also talks about transitions and not just the ones on the field. When I caught up with Steph, she told me how she coaches transitions and how she's helping to pave the way for players and coaches alike to transition through the game. First, though, she gave me an overview of her coaching career to date. First, I'll start out right now. Um, presently, I'm the USLW League head coach with Morris Elite SC. Um, the, the season is about to kick off in, I think I'm at 64 days, if my count is correct. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, additionally, I'm a girls U17 head coach with Asphalt Green, uh, a club based in Manhattan. And I also work at Major League Soccer. I'm a senior director there um, within consumer products. So wear many hats, but definitely have um, a cool 360 approach to soccer, building it in the country and enhancing the women's game. Uh, one, one female player or coach at a time. Uh, so that's a very present day holistic view of what I do. Um, outside of that, I recently earned my U.S. Soccer B license just last year, and it definitely helped shape the thinking of my approach to coaching and um, building a game model, which I'm super excited about. And aside from that, had other experience coaching college, um, a high school high school team back when and others in the youth game. So a, a, a nice comprehensive coaching experience. That's awesome. Thank you. I guess so. Okay. Let's pick up on the, on the coaching experience first. Cause I know we want to talk a little bit about, about transitions um, within coaching and, you know, how important they are. They're growing in importance, I think within the game. So I wanted to ask you how much, focus you place on transitions within your own coaching environments and, and what that might look like? Mm -hmm. I try my best to make sure that when I'm focusing on the phases of play, each one has a certain percentage. So throughout the season, am I hitting that percentage? Um, mostly attacking and defending is getting a high majority of the percentage, I will say, given the transition game and the youth game is um, extremely important. I, I do, I do need to focus a little bit more on that transition game. And I think why so, because on game day, you see it being the biggest opportunity that our players have. And the, the challenge that we face within transition moments is 
quite frankly, at least for the the youth side that I'm that I'm currently with, is that is that I identifying it? When are they anticipating it? Do they see it? So I think when we train, when we practice it, it's it's honestly giving them the cues to see it a little bit a little bit more in advance of when they would. So ultimately, that comes back to us teaching how to read the game. Um, but quite frankly, there's so much you can do to read to teach how to read the game. We need we need players to actually just watch the game to see how it all unfolds naturally. Yeah. So what are some of those things, I guess, you can you can do to help them with reading the game and, and therefore reading transitions? What I've discovered most within activities is how quickly do you have the ball coming in and out for restarts? Um, can you identify those moments when you can quickly get the ball in and and quickly anticipate a counter or quickly anticipate a huge transition in the game? And whether that's the ball coming in from different areas of the activity or perhaps having two set placements of the ball within one activity. So it's coming in from the left, it's coming in from the right, and it's quickly creating that transition for players to begin to anticipate it a little bit more. And we know those aren't always perfect, so there's always going to be ways that we can help them. But I think it's it's honestly building the start and finding that cue that can help enhance them so that way during game day they're prepared. Do you find as well, I know obviously we have we have leaders on the pitch, but do you find there are kind of a transition leaders sometimes and some players that you might set up to kick those transitions off or to spot them? Absolutely. They are, um, I, I will say girls can, can sometimes feel intimidated by a transition moment too. And we'll, we'll touch a little bit on like the mental side of it, but having those few players that see it maybe two steps ahead of someone else, having them become more vocal about it helps create or helps the environment to see everything that's going on. Um, my central players are definitely my more vocal players and definitely the ones that see it happen. So I'm thankful about where the pillar, where, where they're actually positioned to help enable others around them to see it. Um, but without them, you know, sometimes you may find that the team as a unit isn't quite working as a unit because some may see it and some may may not. And I guess speaking about, you know, watching the game and also the, the female game, do you think transitions within the female game, game differ um, from the men's game? And, and, and if so, how? That's, that's definitely a tough question. I think what it goes back to um, about reading the game could be that the speed of the game, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stick with the youth environment. I'm talking about a mid-tier youth environment. I'm not talking about the elite youth environment, nor am I talking about a grassroots environment. There are individuals within this group that vary in terms of level. Some may be able to compete at a higher level and some may not be able to. So within, within the environment that I am, I am in, yes, there is a difference but it depends on the individual. So I also think it depends on how, how much this, this individual watches the game. How often do they train outside of training? What are they doing on their own time? So it, it depends. And at least I will say it just depends on the, on, because of the environment that I'm in within the youth space. Okay. Final transition question. Um, sometimes I feel like all my players are doing on game day is transitions and I'm like, please, please do the other stuff. Like we don't need to be in that all the time. So 
you know, do, do you think there's a danger of, of going into that? And we also need to make sure, you know, you mentioned game model before, are attacking and defensive models really solid? And then we layer transitions on yep. top of that, I guess. So, so the question be then, is there too much focus on it? I think, um, I guess it's about how we, how we coach it and making sure that we're showing that it's a moment within the game, but it's not everything within the game, I guess, especially at youth level. Yeah. And that, that definitely helps. So I think within my coaching style, I think the biggest thing that I can do is draw attention to the speed, the speed that we play at the speed that we think at. And when we ask our players, you know, do you see yourselves operating at one speed and perhaps within, um, I know I'm showing you my hands, maybe others can't see it, but perhaps the speed is just happening at a, at a steady rate, but the speed can happen like this, but players need to see that we need to react like this. So I think when you start challenging them to, to think and, and to be a bit more active on the pitch, they may begin to ease the development of the transition, if that makes sense. But it's about for, for me and for how I coach it, it's about encouraging them to see the speed and to act upon it. Okay. Let's, let's talk about Morris elite then tell us a bit, I guess, about the, the new USLW league and give us a bit of an insight into that if you can. Sure. USL created the W league and which ultimately is helping us build this pathway to pro for women's soccer here in the States. And our W league season kicks off this summer in May. And after this season, USL will actually have the super league, which kicks off in 2023. So the W league, think of this as the semi-pro division, and then the USL super league being the second pro division in the country. So this is allowing players to have that pathway. And what we're doing is building this funnel for players to be recognized so that way they see, well, others around them see that this is something that we have players available for. So that way when they're done with their college career, or maybe if they step aside from their college career, you don't know, um, but they go into the super league and then hopefully establishing a true base for themselves as a professional player here in the U S. What about as well? Do you think it'll offer more opportunities for, for coaches and kind of a pathway up for female coaches too? I think that's the biggest thing that I'm, I'm so thankful for just given where I am and where I am in my coaching career. And you're starting to recognize more females getting um, hired for roles within the W league. And I think I'm hopeful that that number continues to grow. And if, if there's anything that I can do, at least just, it's just to be a brand advocate to have more females within the game. So it's an opportunity, but um, it's, I'm so fortunate that Morris elite and the staff was, focused on finding a female coach for the team. So I feel very lucky in that sense. Um, and then just hopeful that I'm, I'm coaching against other females <laughs> along the sideline too, within the, within the season. So tell us a bit about the work that's gone into, I guess, building the Morris Elite squad and, and what that's looked like for you. So first started with the roster. Um, well, I'll, I'll back up. I, I did it inform the staff about the game model and how I wanted to play and, and how we see everything coming to life. And then also identifying the criteria for how, if, if we're building or if we have this game model, how do we want players to fit within this game model? And then it 
then it really boils down to recruiting. And are we finding the right individuals that can play within this specific style? Uh, so I've been super fortunate enough to find a, a good amount of players right now. We're at 22 on our roster. Um, we have a few more to fill and a few more spots to find and a few more to fill, meaning they have their offer letter. So I'm super excited now. Now I'm just like anxiously awaiting their, <laughs> their, their signature on our agreement. Um, and then a few more players that we're looking to find to help us truly get to that 30 woman roster. Um, and then truly see it all come to life in just a couple of months. And what, I guess, what's it like building that, that team spirit with, with a really new group together? So this is, this is a really good challenge. You have individuals that are coming from different environments a majority coming from D1 environments. And it's it's truly like, it's up to the staff and I to help build that culture from the start. And what we're doing is actually kicking off with a few uh, online meetings. So that way players can actually do a, a meet and greet, if you will, prior to them coming to the field. So prior to the first training session, I, I wish that everyone has a little bit of intel behind each individual. So that way it's not just a, hey, I'm so-and-so, um, I play forward or I, you know, I like to build up from the back. And I think having these dialogue and discussions ahead of time will, will truly become like the backbone of our, the beginning of our relationships. And I know as well for you kind of, culture and female empowerment is, is really important to you and when you were at Asphalt Green you launched the the female empowerment and mentorship program um could you tell us a bit about that the the motivations behind it and what it looks like sure I, first off the the motivation behind it was truly that you know there's not enough female coaches out there and <laughs> uh, we know that and we have a lot of great male allies that support us and support our journeys and when I, I spoke with the club, I, I approached the staff, the full-time staff there and just said, I'd love more FaceTime with, with some of the younger female athletes because I'm only coaching the team that I'm with throughout the season. But I see plenty of female players throughout the, the training sessions with other coaches. And I, um, while I'm not the only female coach at the club, I'm the only female coach within the 11 v 11 environment. So, you know, how can I bring a, a female perspective to the players that may not have that right now? So the female mentorship program was designed first with females in mind um, from, from a female coach to a female player. What are some things that I wish another coach had shared with me back in the day? And perhaps how can we as a group just have open dialogue to hear about experiences that someone two teams away may be experiencing, but how can we figure out everything together? So that's really like the backbone of, of why I started the program. I guess when were you aware as well that you're, you're obviously talking to athletes, but you're also potentially inspiring them to be future coaches, not, you know, not just continuing athlete as athletes. Yeah, definitely. And that's if, you know, when someone, someone you meet, perhaps it's like in an elevator or you have 30 seconds to give like your, hi, I'm Steph. I do this. I do that. 
And within my leadership philosophy, the biggest thing that I really, I really aspire for is to make sure that I have more female coaches coaching alongside me on the sideline. And if there's one thing that I can do within this, this mentorship program, it's to show that you as a coach have an opportunity to inspire individuals and you have, you have challenges ahead of you because it's not just your challenge to challenge yourself. It's the challenge that you ask of others to challenge themselves and to challenge their teammates. And if there's anything that comes out of it, maybe in 10 years, I see one of the, just one even of the individuals that joined me during these, these calls throughout the last few years, and they're coaching on the field as well. So that's, that's a, that's a hope for me. <laughs> that's awesome. Now I want to ask you, I don't want to give the game away. I don't want to give, you know, your future opponents any, any intel, but you've, you've mentioned your game model a few times. So I was wondering if you would, you know, could speak to us a bit about your game model and, and how you formed that, what that might look like. Sure. Um, without giving too much information away, I really appreciate organization. Um, I think when the team is balanced, both on the attack and the, and the defensive side, that from a structural, structural standpoint, we're able to compete. And I think uh, within the formation that we'll be going against or, or playing, playing with, it's going to be super important that within every moment of the game, we have structure. And I think having the ability to have players uh, manage their environment will be extremely key. And we found specific center mids that will help us with that uh, approach. And, you know, it's hard, it's hard not, it's hard not giving you all the answers right now to my game model. Uh, I'm, I don't want to be like, uber sensitive of, of not sharing or oversharing, but, um, for, for the sake of my 64 days away <laughs> mentality, uh, I think just having a very possession based mindset within, uh, the attack and a very encouraging mindset to win the ball as soon as possible defensively. And if not get organized, that will be our approach to the game. Thank you. I guess I'm just going to have to watch some games to get to get more info. <laughs> After the first few, then we'll jump back on and we'll talk fully about it. Cool. Okay. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about as well. So last month with the magazine, we had a focus on working in soccer. Um, I guess linked to a lot of what you've been saying, making sure we're giving information to female coaches that want to progress through, you know, through the ranks and, one of the articles looked at maintaining a work-life balance um, as well. And I'm guessing, you know, everything you juggle with your coaching, I know you work full-time at the MLS, um, you're doing a master's, you're doing your coaching, coaching badges, all, all of that. Do you have any tips for the coaches on, you know, how you manage kind of such a workload and such a busy life? Yeah, it's really hard. I, I will not sugarcoat it. It's, it's very hard. And there's, there's two things that I'll talk about. One being time. Time is so sensitive. Time is so important. And it's up to you to make the schedule that you want and that you need to help fill this lifestyle. And does that mean, you know, waking up super early to get homework done or, or get your training session done? Then, then yes. Um, and then out, outside of time, well, first I'll go back to it because 
living in New York city is not the easiest task and to coach and, and all that. So, you know, how are you, how are you effectively using your time within your commuting? Um, are, are you listening to podcasts? Are you making sure that you're, you're reading, you know, the latest book that you've been, uh, from your author, your favorite author that you've been thinking about. Um, but also I would be nowhere without the people around me and their support and specifically my husband. My husband is my number one brand advocate. Um, I, I am so thankful and so fortunate to him. He works in soccer as well and he knows the lifestyle and he knows that I, I'm doing everything I have to be doing because one day I'll get to the position that, you know, I, I really dreamed of and without him and without his encouragement and his passion alongside me is just, it's, I wouldn't be able to do it. So it's time and, and making your, making sure your support system mentors, all of that is, is really at its peak with you. Okay. So let's go final question then. What is that position you've, you've dreamed of that you're hoping (laughs) to, to get to again, if you want to share that. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm happy to share this. This one's a fun one. Um, if, if it one day I'm just coaching with the U S soccer, uh, national team staff, then I know that all this, all the hard work that I've done throughout the past eight, 10 years and beyond is so worth it. And it's going to be an incredible journey and an incredible ride to, to maybe get there. Um, if, if I get there, that's amazing. And if I, if I don't, I, knowing that I did everything I possibly could to get there is going to be, you know, my, you did it kind of approach. So that would be the the ultimate dream. Well, look, we wish you luck in 64 days and, <laughs> and we wish you luck with that dream. And, you know, we're so grateful that you joined us on the podcast. So thank you for your time and yeah, best of luck with everything going forward. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. That was Stephanie Savino, head coach of Morrisley SC and Asphalt Green Girls Soccer. Don't forget, the April issue of Women's Soccer Coaching is available now to subscribers. Visit womensoccercoaching.com to subscribe. I'm Steph Fairbairn. Thanks again for listening to the Women's Soccer Coaching Podcast.